Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, this is me, Todd Novak, from the Guitar Knobs podcast, which is what you're listening to, so that should not be news at this point. That's right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hey, everyone, we are super thrilled that you are along for this show. I am mega thrilled about this. Very, very excited. Uh, We have one of the uh, founding fathers of modern pedaldom as we know it on the line, and that is... Robert Keeley, pedal builder. Hey, extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a great one, everybody. Uh, Robert Keeley is with us. He uh, obviously makes a lot of pedals and really, really well-built pedals. That is for certain. If you are not familiar with Robert Keeley, if you are a youngin' and <laughs> just joining the show, or you just plain old don't know about these pedals... Make sure you check it out as soon as humanly possible. And if you're listening to the episode while your hands are free and you're not driving, you can do it at the same time. That's right. Nice. Uh, speaking about listening to the podcast, if you can do that now on Spotify, which is super duper awesome and convenient. So check that out. Uh, and also, I want to make sure we take we're going to take a, a brief moment here because part of our Patreon offerings has to do with the different tiers of membership, essentially. And one of the the tip-top reward is a show dedication. Uh, This show is dedicated to Corey Nigro. And I want to make note that he was absolutely thrilled beyond belief that he was going to get on the same show as... Robert Keeley. So that's right. Corey, Corey, bless your heart. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I like, I like Patreon. I, I've, I do that for a couple of people. And so right on Corey. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, a little bit about Corey real quick, as part of the dedication, we like to tell our listeners who this person is and, and why they matter. All right. So a little bit about Corey. Corey is a Finnish carpenter in his day job. And while listening to the Walsh Guitars and Novo podcast one day, he said, I too realized I can achieve my dream of building guitars. So I'm in the process of setting up my small but humble workshop. But thank you because your podcast helped me helped give me the kick in the butt I needed. That is like, man, that warms my heart. We kick butts. Big time. Yay team. Yeah. Yep. Corey, that's, that's, that's fantastic. How do you say Corey's last name again? Corey Nigro. Nigro, that is incredible. I yeah. love hearing that story. It's inspiring. Uh, he said he didn't get into playing music until college in 2005, and his roommate was a huge SRV fan. And he said, if I was going to be his roommate, I had to learn bass. Now I play both bass and guitar. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Fair>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, my one and only guitar is a John Parsons. Hey, he's been on the show. What? Yeah. Wow. John Parsons. Very cool. All the way from Australia, man. Aureli Semi Hollow out of Tasmania. Close to Australia. Nice. Close. And he also included his four on the floor. His four on the floor is a Land Devices HP2 a Land Devices EP5, and the, yep, you guessed it, Land Devices slash Farm Pedals No Masters OD slash Fuzz. That was one that they just came out with this year that was really, really hot. He likes that brand. He also chose the Lollygagger FX Cherry Box Fuzz. Uh, All right. Yes. That is awesome. So my buddy Sean Wright will... uh Love to hear that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that is a wild pedal. He just released that recently, and um, 
if you haven't heard the demos for any of those, go out and check them out. Okay, everybody. So Corey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your immense contribution to our show. It truly helps us out. You're the man, Corey. Thank you, Corey. Okay. Now let's do this, man. Yep. Um, man. Right Jared, on. What is your, what's going on in your world this week, buddy? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, long await, uh, this Karina V I finally got, and, uh, it's not totally done yet, but, um, a friend of mine who built it for me is just really busy with life. So I said, I'll just take it now and, and, uh, finish it, finish the rest out. So there's really not much that needs to be done, uh, on this, but the guitar is beautiful. The neck is perfect. I mean, I, I said, I want the neck this way. And he did a perfect, um, it, he already has the, that big gold Gibson logo that goes on the headstock, even though it's not really Gibson. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. it looks really good, man. Is really impressed with this build. The big thing is you didn't obtain that. That's, Someone else did. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, good. it's not like I'm going to sell it, so it doesn't matter anyway, right? Okay. It's a light guitar. It, it, uh, the, I, I just can't wait to finish this thing out. I'm really impressed with it. So that's, that's kind of what's going on. Made some pickups for it. I got some of the hardware in, and cool. I gotta, I gotta have somebody. Uh, you doing a black guard on that? Black guard with a yeah, probably a black. No, I don't, I don't remember what white I was going. I think I'm going to do black guard with a white jack. Nice, something missing. That's interesting. Yeah. So, did you pick out the the piece of uh, wood? I didn't. Mm. I didn't. He already had that, but he already <laughs> kind of had it half made, and I said I'll buy that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Hey, I, I've done that too. I was up in Tulsa. Uh, Steph Lee Jones. I went into his shop and I couldn't leave without saying, "I'll take that one." Right. Finish that. You know, nice. it's, <laughs> guitars are incredible. Uh, it feels good when you see something and and you know oh, you yeah. want it. It's a good feeling when you finally yeah. get it. They're a little bit addictive. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, can't leave it alone. So yeah. speaking of that, uh, Robert, what's going on in your music world this week, man? Well, I'm going to, you know, my musical world has been more based on the mechanics of, of our production. Uh, in terms of music, I'd have to step back a couple of weeks. I've been working on some uh, real cool project to uh, have Bluetooth controlled guitar effects pedals. Oh. And, and, I can tell you all about it. The, I think it's a, a really fun thing. I think I think pedals will go that way well, easily if, if, if I... What I, if we I would, save a little bit of that for your actual interview part so we can get in deep to oh, it? Oh, yeah. Let's so, do that. But in terms of guitar stuff, I, got, uh, I also got my uh, dad's Telecaster. So I was picking on that. So I got oh. a guitar, new guitar in the house, too. So What year is that? Oh, it's nothing. It's actually a guitar I bought for him back in 2004. It's a little uh, made in Mexico Telecaster. Um, but he he died, and uh, I got this guitar back that I got him. So it's it's really cool because the fingerboard's all dirty, and it's just awesome to see like fingerprints of his playing. That's fantastic! Oh, wow, I know, isn't it cool? Son of yeah, a never cleaned so that, that. That's what's going on in my, you know world this week that's cool i that's yeah. that's i can definitely appreciate that oh yeah mm -hmm. 
Uh, let's see. I have been messing around with this really great um, SNK pedal. We're going to have uh, Scott DeBackler, uh, who makes SNK pedals, uh, on the show in a couple weeks. And he's got this, he's got this uh, thing called a CMO. It's a really long uh, name, but it's a CMO uh, drive. It's, a, it's based on a Sun preamp. And nice. it rocks. It absolutely rocks. I really, I love plugging in something new, especially when you're talking about dry pedals, because like, you know, in theory, you could say, oh, this is all the same stuff. Yeah. But it never is. And you plug in and you're like, why does this sound so completely different? So I just love that. It's exciting. And so he did a great, great job on on that pedal. And, and uh, so I've been having fun playing with that. And other cool. than that, yeah, we're just uh, jamming along and doing all kinds of uh, podcast stuff. So, nice. Anyways, I think it's time for... One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right, Robert Keeley. I yes, sir. I can say that. Robert Keeley. Yes, sir. It's time for your four <laughs> on the floor. Give us the goods. Give us the goods. Well, uh, picking out only four effects pedals is virtually impossible. So this is from a, probably a list of 40. I'll pick my top four that just come to mind. I don't know. I can geek out on certain parts of, of all kinds of different pedals and designs. So I, I kind of look at things from a, not only a musical standpoint, but a, you know, circuit standpoint. So sure. they're all fun. The first one that comes to mind is the line six DL four. That's such a magical pedal in, in my mind. I recall, uh, I, I don't, I don't recall the exact year, but it was probably 2005 or 2006. Um, I was at the, one of my first LA nam shows somehow uh george trips of line six came by and introduced himself so i started following him around like a puppy dog because he's he's a real godfather of pedals you know he's he's got five five years on me easy building pedals you know Mm -hmm. and uh guys like him and fuller and a bunch of other cats but so i'm following him around and um he was incredibly kind and generous and funny and and uh so he starts telling me that he has got some modifications for these things because you know at the time i was doing the um ts9 mods and bd2 mods and mt2 mods and ce2 mods and um so it it sounded like an incredible offer he said he had you know we were going to change a chip to improve the sound quality we were going to make some capacitor changes to uh, correct the bass response. We were going to make some resistor changes to fix the infamous volume drop problem that those pedals exhibit, even in current production today, I think. So, you know, it was like a dream. And he's telling me about the inner operations. And, you know, we didn't have any, we didn't have any digital pedals out at the time. I didn't have any digital pedals out. It seemed really cool because it forced me to work with surface mount stuff too and i hadn't done that in the past uh for for pedal production i hadn't done it there for repair work i had so then i got to i was forced to kind of really learn that dlc uh dl4 it's just uh it's just a wonder for for delay and effects you you guys have both used it right i have not wow how exciting i mean you'll be able to dive into that thing and you know, from a historical perspective, I think that thing came out a long time ago. It must be early 2000s. I probably shouldn't really know, but maybe <laughs> something something like that. You know, like 
And um, so at any rate, that was uh, quite a gift. And we started doing the, this complete set of mods, got to experiment with it. And then, I, you know, as that, that pedal's got a built-in looper in it, and it's got um, presets, and the sound quality of the effects are absolutely wonderful you know that's never been an issue with the dl4s and no one's complained about the sound at all mm -hmm. so so you combine all those things in one box a looper and ping pong delays and syncopated rhythmic delays like benson echo rex and then there's the memory man in there and there's you know this bucket brigade device and stuff like that right and so it's, it's a complete package so i i think that one just really does it for me because even to this day this week I'm I'm working at getting to that, you know, level of complexity. And uh, so <laughs> that thing has been kind of an inspiration for the entire time. That's um, awesome. I've been pulling pedals. Yeah, because it's got tap tempo. It's got everything cool. You know, it's just just right, you know. And so that one is definitely way up at the top. So that, that's the must have. Okay. <laughs> not one. that I play, not that I play it that often, even anymore. You know, I, I don't even know when the last time I plugged into one is, but that one is epic. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll I'm gonna have to check that one out for sure. Now you sold me on it. Yeah. All right. You got me jonesing it's, it's, about it. It's hey, then you get to watch people like Nick Reinhardt um, of Terra Melos. It's like a it's like a nerd math band of these uh, incredible musicians that that set their set their own path mm -hmm. and um but he is uh, an, an artist and a master at making sounds out of guitar effects and he uses the dl4 to trigger looping and a variety of the other tricks you can do with that thing so you can you can do everything and none of it's pedestrian <laughs> you know what he does so it, it's a great machine well, I think you just convinced a whole lot of people to go check that out. Yeah, that's great. What's number two? I think that the Klon is uh, an interesting pedal for for so many reasons. And first of all, uh, you know, I have to admit that I totally didn't get it when I was introduced to it. So it's kind of funny to have pushed it out of my purview or whatever for so long. But um, back in about 2002, this buddy of mine, uh, uh, internet acquaintance David Zabatos um, wanted me to design a pedal and I think it, it was 2002 2003 and it was the pedal that came out called the Time Machine Boost and his, his vision was to have a vintage boost and a modern boost along the development of that he said have you heard of the, this Klon pedal and I was like nope sure haven't um, he's like I'm going to send you mine and I want you to check it out and I was modding tube screamers and blues drivers and making compressors and designing the, the Katana Boost at the time. So I get this pedal and I'm used to DS1s and tube screamers and stuff. And it seems like a, kind of a limited range, mild overdrive. You know, it was kind of had a big mid range push that was, you know, apparent. At the time, I totally missed how to use it or how to operate it. Mm. But uh, fast forward more than a decade, and uh, Electro Harmonics came out with that Soul Food. There was uh, JHS and people like that were doing mods to it. I was being asked to, you know, people inside my company and stuff were like, hey, shouldn't we do 
one and uh you know wampler had one and then they start looking around and everybody has got a clon pedal yeah and so i i decide to i decide to listen to it a lot more critically and then it became addictive right and <laughs> you, <laughs> then i was like oh no i've met the perfect overdrive pedal you know and it and i fell in love with the eq and all the wonderful stuff it does like for me when i was looking at it on the scope i was amazed at how certain frequencies could be louder more amplitude but not as distorted as other frequencies that were lower in amplitude and that's just not the way i you see any standard overdrive pedal or any circuit really operate and then i realized that then i looked at the schematic and that was a piece of art too it was it was because there was these interesting feedback loops or maybe they might even be called feed forward loops but these feedback loops that carved away at the sound depending on where the gain was and and where the the drive control was set and then i read the story about how bill finnegan had these two whatever they were mit engineers work on it for a number of years mm-hmm. have you guys heard that story too i have not yeah so he's got like these two different guys over time working on his dream. He's got this vision for what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And um, so my first go around with it, I was like, I want to do that thing that it does, but I don't want to make a copy of it. I'm going to try to figure out how I can do it some other way. And uh, over three days, Creighton and I, Creighton Hale, he's my, he's my other engineer at the shop. Um, he and I, designed this the oxblood over three days trying to do as best i could in a short period of time you know come up with a a similar sounding performing design but not making it a copy and uh anyways the pedals the pedals just amazing because it does certain things so well it's it's voiced so perfectly um for for what it does it's hard to go back to other drives and and kind of realize oh wait there is a place for for other rock and roll sounds you know what i mean sure for sure Uh, so i think that was just kind of that that pedal's been magical because uh how i didn't know anything about it until you know 2012 or whatever and then then it's got a story uh you know i I got to meet bill finnegan and he's a he's a great guy no that's that's cool yeah, I met him at a Nashville show, and, um, you know, he got to tell me he was working on some other designs, but he was afraid of releasing them because people would, would copy them kind of like the clone. And I, I definitely feel for him in that, in that case, you know. It, the way he wants to manufacture and build just doesn't support the, the same goals as people that want to, you know, reproduces sound you know (laughs) so um at any rate that that's that's a really wonderful pedal too you know i mean it's got so many so many followers and stuff like that you know so people love it what do you got for number three man that's a that's a tricky one the standard tube screamer is another thing that uh, is in a similar vein i hate to waste one of mine on a tube screamer but the tube screamer is one of those circuits as a builder or designer that um it teaches you so much because uh that guy got it right you know he <laughs> uh he put the, the the right amount of diodes the right amount of gain 
the right amount of soft clipping and the right amount of tone control so that you could push those uh, mids and dial up some highs or make it darker. And uh, it's just a really simple thing. It, it has a much easier on the ear tone than say the MXR Distortion Plus or other you know overdrives that were coming right before it. The simple, the simple uh, understanding it is really simple because there's been articles by folks like RG Keen and things like that, that, that break it down. And so I think must have pedals is, is kind of been so important for my own development and my understanding and appreciation of effects pedals. I take the, the concepts for shaping the sound in a tube screamer. I, I apply them to our DSP work, our, our reverb pedals. It's, it wouldn't be surprising to find um, parts of the code where I filter it exactly like a tube screamer <laughs> yeah it just sounds right and so i i can apply i can have aaron tack it my dsp guy you know we discovered that applying tube screamer design rules to dsp produces excellent results and can you just explain just real quick uh for those who may not be familiar with dsp is yeah that's digital signal processing it's the code version of the circuits that that make uh, audio effects. So, I mean, there's also DSP for, for video and a variety of other things, telecommunications, but digital signal processing for us is kind of recreating all those uh, vintage guitar effects and then dreaming up new ones. And we can write programs that simulate electronic circuits. And I take and it, it, they also let you put stuff in a smaller box. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can put it in a much smaller package, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the Tube Screamer uh, is much more than just that green box to me. It's it's made payroll. It saved my life, you know? Holy <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, when, when uh, you need to make payroll and you have a bunch of Tube Screamer clones, or in my case, red dirt pedals, right? Yeah. And you're like, what can I do this to make it, you know, worthwhile for someone to have another copy of this pedal? How much can I change? Can I make it do this? Can I make it do that? So the two screamer is very malleable. So it's, it's a, it's, it's one a of those pedals. It's a pedal. It's a complete joy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Big, for pedal builders, the Tube Screamer is kind of like the instruction manual on, on how to build effects, you know? Nice. I've got two of them. My Ibanez doesn't have quite the same amount of hair as my Maxon. They're both just great, great pedals that I always kind of come back to. Sure. They're, you give them a little hair, and then you give your amp a little hair, and it's that's that's what, what I like. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, for, for, for me... Uh, the Tube Screamer is kind of like coffee. You know, when you go to a perfume store or cologne store or something, That's and they keep on spraying all these different flavors at you, and you're like, okay, that was cool, that was cool. And then all of a sudden, you're like weirded out by all these different sounds. It, then you go back to the Tube Screamer coffee and go, okay, okay, got a baseline now. I'm ready yeah, to right. go. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. What do you have for number four? I want to talk about the, the little teeny bit I know about uh b-tronics oh yeah okay and um how do you say his last name pampuri or something Pampuri. yeah is it is i have a royal jelly in my hand oh you lucky dog i do <laughs> and let me tell you uh serial number 11 really oh yeah that one does go to 11 that's awesome <laughs> this one goes to 11 <laughs> yeah He's this a heck thing, of a pedal builder, man. Absolutely. Um, I was at the, the last NAMM show we was at last year. Mm -hmm. um, 
I kept on seeing these bee creatures running around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And those costumes actually look good. It's not, you know, it wasn't schmaltzy or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I and then they kept on coming around. And then all of a sudden, I saw these really awesome rock and roll shirts that had bees, and they looked like they were out of Hendrix's closet, yep. right? And I thought, dang, that's pretty cool. I wonder who that is. And then um, I'm walking around coming back from a break or something. And I see this crowd around this guy with like Jimi Hendrix curly hair. And, oh, yeah. and he, and he was like bent back, like he was getting ready to pose for a magazine photo, you know, and he yeah. was just wailing on this pedal. And I thought, Oh, that guy's He's really good awesome. too. He's a heck and of then, a player. <laughs> and then over the, like the next day or so I realized, wait, I think that's all the same company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I go over there and I'm like blown away by their marketing and all the material in their booth. I'm, I'm trying desperately to remember everything now. I just remember the feeling of seeing it all going, this guy's got everything together. Oh my yeah. God. He is like best of show. Yeah. And then I start looking at the pedals. <laughs> Have you ever seen such cool designs? I mean, he aced it, right? Oh yeah. So they're all look like they're like relic or whatever. And they've got, knobs and they've got you know amazing plates that are bolted on them riveted on them then they've got allen wrench connections it just goes on and on you know there's there's little you could do to improve it I mean, even the nuts on the stomp switches were a new piece of machinery not the standard thing out of China, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the things that uh, we discussed when he was on the show uh, a handful of episodes back is mm -hmm. that he purposely doesn't use any of the normal hardware. He goes out of his way to surplus things and finds little like parts and stuff, and he'll build a pedal around those things so that yeah. it's totally unique. Because, yeah, even, even like this, even the, the, the nuts for the input jacks are not mm -hmm. the normal nuts on input jacks. They're different. Oh, it's so awesome. And they it's sound it. amazing. Oh, my God. Then, yeah, we started talking, and he just goes into his full-on demonstration of this pedal. And <laughs> I was so enamored by every sound that came out of this thing. I just couldn't believe it. And um, he had so many ways to compound his own sonic drug it was unbelievable yeah you know and uh i told him i definitely wanted to buy one he gave me a shirt and stuff like that and all kinds of cool stuff that's cool and so, so then when i saw him i think it was on facebook i saw that they finally had gone into production or had released it man i saw i jumped on and bought one right away <laughs> yeah for sure they're, they're, and, they're, they're so good and i love how he does the special um like the special edition ones, you know, he just does a handful of them. Oh, that's cool. Good I idea. didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think, um, I, I hope I'm not wrong in any of this, but I think he um, used that engineer, Howard Davis. I think it talks about it on the website. I sure hope it does. Mm. And um, so that guy, I found out, is a real, he's a great, great grandfather of effects pedals. You know, mm -hmm. he's did, he did, you know, stuff in the seventies for electro harmonics, several of their pedals, like four oh, of their key, key early designs from the seventies and eighties. And so I got a chance to exchange some emails with that guy. And that was like, 
I'm an electrical engineer. And, and this guy was like, is, is also one, but it was like so far over my head. I had to like, <laughs> I had to like go. I mean, I, I kind of knew what he was talking about in terms of, um, every component he was talking about or every technology, but the things that he was talking about sounded so magical to me about these current and voltage curves and, uh, over, you know, different phase angles and stuff like that. I made the mistake of saying the word digital. And <laughs> I thought he was going to maybe explode. You know, I thought he was, he was like, you should never do anything in digital. Oh. That's just, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, he's like, how appalling of you. <laughs> it sounded like he was thinking that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, that's like, you know, so, um, so there's that aspect of it where, um, this thing is expertly crafted, not only on the outside, but on the inside. Oh, so yeah. I, I consider it just like, it's a work when people of art. say it, yeah, it, is the pedal world dead? Absolutely not. Oh, not when no. st stuff like this is coming out. Yeah, you're completely right. And you cracked yeah. a case open, right? You saw this, his circuit board, right? Shoot, you know what? I'm actually really bad at that. I, I don't let. I oh, really dude, don't try to do that on. To do it. On, oh, I, I know what you're talking about, though. You're yeah. talking about the circuit board looks really cool. Oh, it's, the yeah. circuit board's a it's piece of like art too. Absolutely, that's right. Okay, I saw all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that too. Dude, it's had a, it's, it, he aced it in every single category. Yeah, for sure. Perfect 10. I, I don't know what the, I, I can't remember what they cost, but whatever it is, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, wow, man, that is arguably the most complete four on the floor that we've had, just as far as like oh, nice. soup to nuts, the whole story and everything. <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, so, uh, people who are listening to this right now, make sure that you check out our four on the floor blog on our website. And we also post that on our, uh, well, at least we post an announcement for that on the Instagram. I'm, I'm trying to find some more engaging ways to get that out into the public, but for now you can find all of our four on the floors complete with the list of all the pedals and descriptions and links to go buy them on our website. So make sure you go and do that when this episode is out. Um, Robert Keeley, we are going to talk a little bit about, well, we're going to talk a lot about your, your, your whole thing, man. Your, your pedal jam, my pedal jam, your pedal jam. Nice. Uh, you have, do you know how many pedals you have offhand? There is one person I need to make a shout out to in oh, that sure. regards. And that's, I think his name is Bart provost. Oh yeah. If you have, okay, good. Um, he runs effects pedal database, I think. And, um, according to that website, it's like at 94 or 96 or something, but I think they're missing some. So a uh, hundred, it seems like it's right there. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty close, pretty close. So I, I might like try to contact him and see what I could do about closing that, uh, gap. Uh, this year, yeah, making it, it even hundred. Do it, do a, a, hun <laughs> a hundred based a theme pedal or something. That's right. Uh, for those who don't know, Effects Database, it is the the end all be all for like if you want to know if a pedal exists, that's, that's where right. you go to find out. Provost done a, a an amazing job of curating constantly. Oh yeah, everything in the pedal world, anything that you can and and not just here, like all over the world. So right. Awesome. No, it's everything. <laughs> I, and for the record, everybody, I did try to get him on the show, and he, I, he's, I think he's 
Polish or Czech? Oh, I can't remember. Um, yeah. but, but he uh, he didn't want to do it because he he just didn't feel like it was good. It would come across well for the listeners, and I can right. respect that. But I would I would have loved to have 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 him on the show. And if you're listening, if you change your mind, call me up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he'd be. He's like the the librarian, isn't he? Exactly. He's got, he's got everything documented. He is the superhero <laughs> pedal librarian. Thank God yes. for those guys. Yeah. I know, right? Uh, most it, of them, most of them came out in the um, past um, six years. That's that's kind of like what I consider V two of Keeley Electronics. Uh huh. V two. So well, let's since let's then, talk we've about V one a little bit then. Great. So you, you <laughs> ha- how did you get started in all this, man? How did I get started? Oh, um, it was uh, a matter of always playing um, guitar since. Um, I think since I was seven or eight, I think I got my first guitar in 78 and my dad played guitar. My dad was into electronics and I remember what your first guitar was a Yamaha FG. I think it was a FG 45. It's a little three quarter inch, uh, three quarter scale, uh, three quarter inch. It was the smallest guitar ever, (laughs) (laughs) ever. It was like hugely small. Uh And so, uh, it, uh, was purchased in, uh, Highland Park, Illinois, by my gr- uh, grandma, who's still alive, and she got it for me, and uh, I rocked that thing um, all the way till I lost it in a divorce. But um, in the in 2012, Ooh. so yeah, but um, it's it was a great thing because it was so easy to play. They um, I don't know what the scale was, but it just made super stretches totally possible and and you could bend you know the strings for days and stuff like that so it was it was great to learn on uh cool as as a teen so i uh but out of high school i went to a tech school because i wanted to learn how to do electronics and um i got myself a job at a stereo shop at the time you know car stereos were really happening and oh yeah huge huge systems so i got to repair all those car stereo amplifiers that was such a cool time because you know companies like rockford fosgate and hyphonics pile oh pile all those things man those things were made in tempe arizona and and it was made in america electronics gear and this stuff was so cool they had switching power supplies and huge you know capacitors in the power supply and then the coolest ones the rockford fosgates those had you know mosfets for output so when they distorted it sounded good. Well, Lord knows I took that to heart, you know, later on in designing the Katana Boost. So, uh, can you real quick to, to explain what a MOSFET is for everybody? Yeah, there's a fancy name for it. It's like metal oxide semiconducting field effect transistor. But uh, it's oh. another. <laughs> <laughs> my brain just, remember that. Yeah, there's a my quiz brain later. just blew up. <laughs> nerd, nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> and, but, um, but what it is, is it's a way that you can uh, operate uh, this device like a faucet. It, uh, it's a three-legged uh, amplifier, and it just uses a certain type of uh, material to be the, the hand on the faucet and you know another type of material to be the inlet and outlet type stuff it's it's just like a silicon transistor or germanium transistor or a tube and uh but these have certain you know characteristics like what uh howard davis was talking about that uh these curves these relationships between 
frequencies and how and how certain frequencies distort and things like that uh, make it easy on the ear and uh what a great explanation thank you for doing that i yeah i i just learned more i love it <laughs> so yeah like so- sometimes silicon transistors have you know better performance but that better performance is exactly what can sound can lead to sharp angles that sound harsh so mm. um so i forgot where i was going but <laughs> uh, so we, we, we were designing pedals or something like that in the beginning. And oh, I was going to a stereo store. So I learned a lot working on stuff like um, even VCRs, but CDs were real kind of still new and, uh-huh. and then big screens. And then you see uh, tons of home stereo equipment with some with two, some of the real high end stuff, but lots and lots of Japanese equipment. And I learned a ton from working on uh, Yamaha and Kenwood and Denon and Onkyo and Pioneer, all those uh, stereo systems had just killer uh, Japanese design. And that stuff, in my estimation, looked like a lot of it was hand-assembled. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, again, I got to learn, like, what stuff failed, like what kind of stuff got hot. And if you took a shortcut here, you know, and, and there, uh, or if you looked at a piece of gear from at the time korea or taiwan it was significantly different than the stuff that was coming out of japan and so um and then i then after that i worked for another uh, uh, then i worked for an electrical engineer that was modifying stuff for the company called glamour shots that you know that place in the mall that took equipment yeah. he des- he designed that that uh photography system and and printing system and his whole thing was based on modifying like sony and panasonic gear to do what these photographers wanted to be able to capture and print the image right there in front of the, the ladies. And so that's where I got the first experience then uh, making circuit boards and the concept of just modifying gear, you know, take another piece of gear that's doing what you want it to do and then add features to it. Wow. And that's, yeah. And so the whole time I was going to college to become an electrical engineer and you so learned how to make pedals at glamour shots. I, I did. I did. There's all these really cute pictures of me with the, you know, sequins and, oh, yeah. and my hair done up just right. And the no makeup, <laughs> makeup perfect. There's a certain look to those things, you know? Oh yeah. And um, it's kind of like the Star Trek uh, when they shoot, when they, when they pan from Captain Kirk's sweaty <laughs> face to the girl and she's all right. fuzzy and hazy and beautiful. <laughs> that thing. It is. It's the Star Trek effect. Yeah. Right. How funny. So <clears throat> doing that, um, he also had a variety of other things. Like he would do stuff for the hospital attached to the university or whatever, the research type stuff that was going on. And so we, you know, one day I'd have to be working on some sort of system that monitored rats for movement inside cages and he had these little circuit boards that he would chemically etch or i would chemically etch in the in the end so that's where i learned how to uh etch circuit boards and and make those modifications the guy was a kind of a jerk to work for but but it you know proves to be a good thing in the long run because you know uh he managed his own little electrical engineering firm and manufacturing firm. And lo and behold, that's what I ended up doing. So I can see it from a better perspective now, all the stuff I didn't like about him, <laughs> you know, sure. But it really wasn't about him. It was about me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, uh, so that, then I worked for another guy that, um, as I finished my degree, 
um, took me eight years to get my degree because I only went part-time because I had these other full-time jobs so I could only go part-time which again I think worked out perfectly for me I wasn't in a rush to get school done and I ended up learning more um, and using more of what I did when I worked and than the school stuff for many years hmm. um, so I, the next guy I worked for was critical to building pedals because he was like the humanitarian he was the guy that that was the Gandhi of, of, you know, stereo store music business owners. He was always infinitely concerned about the, the employees and how they were living their lives. And were we getting the most out of our lives? And can we do it somehow by selling stereos and home theater systems and, you know, but he was like, he had that kind of heart. You know what I mean? And that kind of mind where it was just like, that was, you know, you went to work so you could discuss for an hour the philosophy of doing it all. But it really wasn't that bad as I might be making it sound. It was really powerful. And so, you know, again, that, that bleeds over into my business, too. So That's fantastic. They, they, that's, that's cool. So, so I, I get out of college and I get a job as a teacher because I have no idea what I want to do. I see these pedals that Trey Anastasio is playing, the, the Ross compressor and the tube screamer. And... I'm like trying to buy uh, the old Ross compressor online, and they were they were like four fifty, six fifty, or something crazy. Yeah. And I was I was only I was on teacher's pay, so I I decided I was like I should be building these myself. I should build just order the parts and put it together. And uh, sure enough, I ordered the parts in, built one, and I right before I plugged it in, I remembered thinking. The compressor was like the worst sound I ever heard in my life when I was growing up, when I was in school in, in <laughs> Germany. I thought there is nothing worse than you could do to a guitar than a compressor. I played this Ibanez, what was it, the CP9? And I played the CP9 and I just did not get it. I'm sure I had some DiMarzio super humbuckers going into this, <laughs> you know, this compressor completely overloaded. I thought this is the most abominable sound ever. And so I plug in this compressor um a clone of the ross and i plugged in a telecaster to it and i thought that was the best sound i'd ever heard in my life <laughs> that's I thought, I thought it was I, I plugged into this telecaster a tube screamer and into a 1959 deluxe oh boy i know and it was the most magical thing it, it, it you can see the picture of it on on the internet there's a, if you search somewhere you can okay. see that picture picture I, I used to use. I was so proud of that that little setup. And uh, man, I put one on eBay to pay for the parts to make another one. Uh-huh. And it they just sold like hotcakes. Now they is that is that the uh the beginning of the extremely well known Keeley compressor? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think I made two or three changes and I improved the parts quality quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I made made some a power supply change and a kind of stability change in I mean, that that's one of the most uh i guess that's sort of the tube screamer of the compressor world really I, i've been so lucky there it we we are now at like almost at sixty three thousand of those pedals what? we've made yes sixty three thousand. wow i know it's it's really a, a blessing wow yeah so um that thing just took off and it's, it's, uh, allowed me to, um, 
continued to grow, even though I was doing my best to That's shove everything down. That's 252,000 knobs. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. You know, what's, what's, what's better is that's a lot of jobs for a lot of people for that, a lot of years. That is true. <laughs> that hey, is true. That, that's what I like. <laughs> so that's, that's the, that's the beginning part. And, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of known that I, then I took this massive detour and got hooked on pills, opiates, and I proceeded to do nothing for 10 years. So there's not much to tell in the middle. Oh, Everything wow. just lived off the compressor and the katana and, you know, eked out a couple designs with the help of uh, another engineer and stuff like that. But then, then everything changed around in 2012 and 2013. And that's how you get the lion's share of almost a hundred pedals. That's you know? amazing. I mean, you, yeah. I, I know you just kind of like, uh, did a little blip over that. 10 years <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm assuming that's, that's on purpose. And, and I'll, I definitely, you know, well, Hey, I, I will talk about it to the, to the nth degree because hopefully somebody else will get off pills, you know, but, um, you know, I, I, have told the story a time or two. So sometimes I don't want to sound like I'm telling, preaching the same old story again, but yeah, I, I was a complete, you know, research monkey on those pills. I thought they were the greatest thing in the world. I mean, they made me feel absolutely wonderful. I had enough money to buy as many as I could possibly take. And I was just a spoiled brat. I mean, I was wow. like literally the kid that won the lottery because I had this pedal that was doing so well. And I didn't, you know, those pills are so horrible. What the opiates do is they make you think you're a Superman in your head. Everything is going great in your head and yeah. you're just about ready to start working. You're just about ready to get, you're going to do it this time. If you get just the right amount of pills in you, you'll actually sit down and focus on the design and get it done. And that's the way every single hour of every single day goes oh, and you get nothing done. And so, you know, one day, one day I saw this, this other person and I was like, you know what? I want to change my life. I want to get rid of the old one. It's never going to work, you know, and, and I want to move on. And when I did that, I, um, came across, uh, Creighton, who's, uh, Lisa's son, my wife now, uh -huh. her son. and him and I sat down and we forced ourselves to learn how to do pedal building, pedal designing, pedal engineering. We kind of, I had, I had all the book smarts and I had experience in other worlds and I, um, had to really kind of build it all since, since 2012, 2013. Um, so it's kind of funny when I hear people call me a grandfather or early part of it, because I'm, I'm really not, I, you know, I had my degree since then, but I didn't apply it to, to anything because of the other problems I had going on. So it's been a ridiculously fruitful um, five or six years, you know? Yeah. And, and it's because I get these amazing people around me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, they're just, they're, the whole company is just amazing people right now. So wow. I got a lot, of, a lot of people that help me design everything from the beautiful graphics to, and, and they get to interpret my neurotic ideas mm -hmm. and, these people, these people know more than I do now. I, I just kind of air traffic control. That's awesome. And I know that huh? we've had, um, oh, you know, I'm not going to start naming all the people, but, uh, you know, your name's come up several times when we've interviewed people that, uh, you know, I'm like, how did you get your start? And they're like, well, um, you know, I started 
I started with Robert Keeley and I was modding pedals. Um, I think if I'm not, when we when we were interviewing Old Blood Noise, I believe yeah. that came up. Yeah, pretty. Yep, yep. And because uh, I have a, I've got a Keeley modified rat, and uh, he was saying how he was doing the rats, and I'm like, I I bet I have you one of the pedals you modified, but yeah. Um, no, Brady's a Brady's a great guy. Brady Smith used to uh, work for me for a couple years, I think. Yeah, and then he um, he founded Walrus, if I'm not mistaken, and yep. he um then went on to old blood noise and so he's it's really kind of cool to see somebody um take you know pedal building and and make a couple universes out of it you know he's got sure you know two different legacies so that's really quite kind of cool to see you know it really is and and it's such a it's such a fantastic um uh platform to do that to to be creative within the thing that makes create that helps creativity you know exactly uh, because I, I'm, a, I'm a sure i'm I, i'm a wannabe musician i'm a wannabe rock god <laughs> sure. you know i i used to study ingbe malmsteen solos randy road solos eddie van halen solos al dimiola solos you know jeff beck solos jimmy pages solos steve mm-hmm. my so i and and i just would die to play like that but that's not where i am and so then the next thing is like, hey, am I good at composing sounds? Yeah. And, you know, getting a group of guys to make, you know, effects pedals that, that where you can, you know, really get good sounds. So well, it's, all, it's all about the love of, of, that, of music. You, you, one thing you've done really well is that you, I think you are, you've created extremely accessible pedals. You've really gone down the path of the, like the multi-pedal, right? And, 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 mm-hmm. and combination pedals and or in enhanced pedals within pedals, right? And right. Um, uh, to me, that that speaks of someone who is not necessarily just trying to to create n- the next crazy sound, but like here is a very useful tool to create a sound that crafted specifically to make that happen. When you're considering some of these pedals in, in your later years, how can you just kind of give us a, a an idea of like how the how the creative process works with you, like like wh- how you go about that? Yeah, so ped- pedal building has when you when you build them yourself. Pedal building has this, um, and and you're trying to create your own sounds. Pedal building has one thing we try to do is we try to add features or find something that solves a problem for a musician. And because all the basic sounds have kind of been designed and covered, they're, they're all kind of mathematically there. If you add things together, if you subtract things, you multiply or you divide, that gets you pretty much every effect that's, that's out there. So then you're forced to combine sounds, or, or first you can modify sounds a little bit, you know, move the bass around, move the treble around. And, but then, then you start to, add uh sounds together and that's where the creative process starts to come in after after modifying things and and you start to move some of the basic characteristics around then then you start trying to add things together and that's where you see colorful things like royal jelly where you can add this sound and this sounds in parallel with this sound and 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 you start doing that and 
then you try to find clever ways to, after you put those features together and everyone complains, well, that's really kind of cool, but it's not very useful on stage. <laughs> you know, it's not very friendly on stage or it's not very friendly when I do this or that. Then you realize, okay, well, I solved the problem, but I haven't made it any easier for the musician to enjoy it. So I've got to go back and try to think how, you know, if I'm trying to make music, what is going to facilitate that? And if I add a feature, I have to make sure that, that, you know, it facilitates making music instead of, you know, some fancy tap dance or whatever. So that's, that's the creative process uh, for that dimension. Mm-hmm. For the for the dimension of crafting the sounds, for me, um, being such a music fan, always listening to stuff in, in the car. So sometimes I'll be driving around thinking, what would Frank Zappa do to get that sound? How did he combine those different effects? And I found a lot of creativity in, in that, being able to say, well, I don't know exactly how he does it, but what if I took... A, a phaser circuit that's that's moving around these these frequencies and these little small delays and what if i added some sort of tremolo to it so that it throbbed harder and then what if i added a little bit of delay to it you know or a little i mean i meant a little bit of reverb to it yeah not not that any not that there was a reverb control to it but what if i just snuck it in there and then you start daydreaming about well, wait a second. What if I made it so that if it was dynamic, so that if I played harder, then, you know, the reverb yeah. might clear up. And if I do this and if I do that, and then, so when you're constantly trying to push yourself then to dream up new ways to put sounds together, it gets a little bit easier over the years to <laughs> say, and, and, you know, of course, I'm, again, blessed with these amazing people around me that can implement these ideas far better than my neurotic butt could do, right? Sure. So I'm like, hey, can you work on this? What if, what if we did this? What if we put this over here instead of over here like it's normally done? And then it leads to all kinds of fun new sounds, you know? That's, I, I, that's so cool. Are you, now, when you're doing this, are you doing it in a group? Or are you coming with the idea and everybody, well, how does that work? Sure. So the, the three of us kind of work in the, the front office right by the door. And so we can exchange ideas really quickly. So mm-hmm. what happens is I'll either, I'll come in all excited because I daydreamed up something. I'm like, one time, <laughs> one time I came in and I was like, I was driving to work and I was like, what if what if I had this box? This box would have a, a knob for the second order harmonic and a knob for a, the third order harmonic and then like the fifth and the sixth. And I'm like, this would just be the harmonic generator. This, I mean, this would like make, you could add third order harmonics to any tube screamer or whatever. You could do this to this and, or you could you know, imagine how awesome it would sound if you know you had this miracle box it sounds all good it's like i'm selling something to somebody (laughs) and everyone's like yeah that's exactly what i needed all those harmonics all those things wait you know the only difference between a violin and a cello is the the harmonics that it produces the difference between my voice and your voice are the different harmonics and stuff and i'm thinking oh my god i've just designed the coolest box in the world so i walk in there i'm like hey aaron what if we had this could you do 
do something in, in DSP where I could have a control where I'm controlling the harmonics, like the second order, the third order, and the fourth harmonics, if I just had volume control for those. And he's like, sure, no problem. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So come back, not too long. It's, it's actually a very simple mathematic operation, right? And well, to some uh, people, right? No, no, <laughs> it's it actually, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, if I want the second order harmonic, it's just, it's just an octave. It's just doubling the frequency. And the, the third octave, the third harmonic is, you know, twice that. So it's two octaves up. And the funny thing is, I'm talking to him, I was like, how come, how come we, you know, this is not working as I expected. It just sounds like octaves. And he's like, well, what, what you're really doing is you're telling me to design a synthesizer. That's how you synthesize a voice. That's what a keyboard is. You know, it's, it's those synthesizer <laughs> sounds that you're always doing in the shop. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, those are just these, these octaves, these, these different components added together. You know, it might be a square wave here or this and that and these, frequencies but that's what sculpts this sound so you're just telling me to that you really wanted to play with a synthesizer today <laughs> and so sometimes like you know you go off in some direction you don't consider something and you don't realize how foolish you are and you really don't know very much at all <laughs> but but uh sometimes you come up with with cool ideas and uh so sometimes you're like hey what if what if we put flanging on you know, a specific kind of flanging and we develop our own flanging for the trails on pedals, uh, on, on delays rather, I'm sorry, not pedals on the trails of uh, delays. And I, you know, that came up with a, a new sound that no pedal does. And we're going to put that in our, our new echo pedal for the winter NAM show. Oh, nice! And I know it's, it's so amazing to play with because it started from the development of our caverns pedal and it, the caverns pedal had this three has this three-way modulation switch mm -hmm. and i always felt like from the dad guitar player perspective the the old folk guitar player the blues lawyer that it was way too <laughs> from the because that's what i am i'm the blues lawyer contingency in, in the company and the dads so i was like no dad's going to use this this modulation set this high this is too crazy and all the young good looking guys are like no dude that's exactly what we want and we went back and forth and i'm like fine whatever <laughs> <laughs> okay gonna sound all blah, 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 you're blah, not blah. the boss of me <laughs> you're not the boss of me exactly so they're they're always over like well it's your design you know it's the way you want it and i'm like well no i want it your way and i'm just gonna pow and so <laughs> so that's how it was and I kept on thinking, that's just not what I would use. What I, what I want is some kind of motion in the background that's not pitch. And I started thinking, well, what is that? I want something moving in the delays, but I don't want it to be pitchy. Right. And well, I started thinking. Automated, maybe. It's, it's yeah, kind of, sound, you know. Exactly. And so I started thinking, well, what if... What if the, like this filter ran through the delays and not just like getting darker, like when, when all of us pedal builders fake like tape delay, we just put a filter on it and it just sounds dingy, right? Yeah. <laughs> we call it tape delay. And so I didn't want that. I wanted something that moved up and down 
And I started talking to Aaron. I was like, what if we put something like a flanger, that type of comb filter, that type of notch filter on on the audio? What what, what does that sound like? Have, have we done that before with the Vibatrim, Vibaverb? Or, and um, he's like, no, we haven't done that before. I was like, rad. I had a cool new idea. So <laughs> let's... So I was like, let's build that. And um, we have been working on it and developing it for, I don't know, it feels like a, um, nearly a year now and um, or more. And um, it's really fun because what you do is you get this, like somebody's adjusting the tone control mm -hmm. on your delays. And so they, they just mount these waves. They mount these, you know, it, it just augments the playing because it's not the pitch isn't getting in the way at all. And this other guitar player is starts to play behind you with different tones set up, oh, wow. you know, and I'm telling you what, if you're a fan of Zappo or any, any of these jam band type things, it, it's like a one man band for, for, you know, the, the great jam odyssey or, you know, psychedelic freakout. It doesn't have to be that way because you could set it for, a simple twist of, you know, yeah, tone control. And, you know, generally you don't play with that many delays that you can hear so many, you know, say revolutions or waves of, of this frequency changing in the background. But even the littlest bit as it moves and as it, the, the tone shifts, it's, it's just so perfect of a, of a sound to, to put with the guitar. That's fantastic, man. It adds this huge dimension in the background of, you know, something going on with the delays, but not pitchy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I, uh, you know, we obviously we talk about all kinds of pedals and everything here and have been doing so for a long time. And uh, one thing that, you know, Tony always kind of gives me sort of like the the knowing dad look at me. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I just, I just want something that just has like some movement but I don't want it to be like just exactly like if you turn on a phaser, a phaser is like, it just sounds like you have a phaser on. Right. That doesn't sound like anything else. Right. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. I want it like, and he's just looking at me he's like, you're insane. Just, just play. <laughs> yeah. But he wants the same thing. That's what's so fun about this because the, the rate of the oscillation of the, of this, this notch filter or this mm -hmm. comb filter and, is not at the rate of the delays you know you can control that separately and you can set the depth of it and and things like that so it's moving in the background it's giving some motion to your playing That's awesome. mind you mind you your straight guitar now um i wanted to emphasize is not in a flanger so you're playing and everything that you've set up in your rig before and is is still perfectly intact with your original guitar notes. You just blend in the amount of movement uh, on on this filtering of the of the delay lines. So it doesn't sound like you're playing through a so flanger pedal at all. Delay, not yeah, the actual yeah. delay. That's cool. Yeah, so your your guitar is just as rock solid as, as it ever was, you That's know, the tone right. of it. And it's just the stuff in the in the background. And that, this is coming out in in winter. Yeah. So if Everything goes according to plan. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be manufacturing this circuit board in-house. Um, it'll be one of our first designs that we run completely in-house on our new um, circuit board manufacturing equipment. Cool. 
you, I know. You know it's, it's so called? exciting. Do you, do you, can you tell us what it's going to be called? It's, it's called, it's just, I know, <laughs> lack of creativity, or it's just simply called Echo. Currently, we're spelling it E-C-C-O. Um, cool. I hope I don't, don't find myself in trouble with that at some point in time. But uh, we've had the, gra- there's, there's a couple sneak pictures out. I actually had a, what I thought was going to be the finished design at the last NAM show. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple pictures of, of essentially what it looks like. It's, it's grown a little bit. It's stereo in, stereo out. Um, Tap tempo presets, blah 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 blah. Wow! It's got it's got everything. It's got it'll be our first product on our next level DSP, which is a much faster, much higher quality, much more capable device. So it, we're like going from the red wagon to the uh, Learjet. There you go. That's yeah. cool, man. Oh my golly! Uh, I know. So that's that is really taken up two years of development, two years in understanding how this new DSP chip works and how to program it. And then a a year on learning how to make circuit boards and and to couple the A to D converters and, you know, memory chips and all this other stuff to the microprocessor. And, and, uh, nothing comes easy for us. We, we make every mistake in the book. We have to learn it the hard way. You know, there's not schools for these things. So you have to just keep on, doing it until you figure out how to do it well i sure am glad you are doing it and figuring out how to do it i can't wait Mm -hmm. to hear what that sounds like it sounds amazing it is going to be fun uh robert will you promise to come back on and at another time when when uh, we can talk about maybe some more pedals that you're doing absolutely awesome absolutely What what a blast yeah it's been really great talking with you and i know that we're going to get requests for more we typically do if it's been as good as this one so nice um we're gonna we're gonna run through uh two major things to get out of our show today mm-hmm. uh, the first one is would you rather oh yeah baby oh yeah that's right so this week's would you rather uh, you've got a friend that, you know, makes pickups and has a lot of pickups or whatever, right? And he's got some extra pickups and you've been kind of wanting to, uh, you know, you do a do a work over on your old telly. So he's got two two different things for you, you you need to choose from that, you know, hence would you rather. So you could either go with a lipstick set and that's a bridge, middle and a neck. Dan Electro style. Dan Electro style lipstick set. Or brand new. I'll make them too. Or, <laughs> or one Filtertron pickup. You could put the pickup in the bridge or the neck. Mm-hmm. Or the middle. Or the middle. <laughs> you know, Nashville. Actually, you need three to have. The Nashville style would more, more likely yeah. be the lipstick but just the set. One. But just the one. Or one Filtertron. Now, the... You know, just to give everybody an idea, the Filtertron um, is sounds more like a humbucker. It's got a much thicker sound than what the uh, the lipsticks will give you. Although the lipsticks will give you, you know, more choices in sound. So, yeah. but the Filtertron yeah. does sound a little bit different than a standard humbucker. True. Yeah. Yeah, because right. the way it's it's wired. Yeah. yeah. Phase so, Robert, what are you gonna do? Which one are you gonna choose? So, what is the melody for? What would you do? Sing it to me one more time. Would you rather? 
I would rather take the three lipsticks there home we go. with me. Right on. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the three lipsticks. I think I, I have to have all those those combinations in my life. Yeah. It sounds yeah. you sound like I'm a sorry. person that needs those combinations. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, what are you doing? Oh man. Just love that the Filtertron sound in it. I've got one in one of my test tellies right now, and I love that sound, the Filtertron in the neck. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to pass up all the other sounds you can create with three, a three, uh, you know, lipstick uh, combination. But uh, what the heck, man? I'm going to go with the Filtertron in the neck. That's what oh, I'm doing. Okay. Nice. That's a really good rhythm. That would be a great rhythm guitar. Yeah. You know. I can dig that. <laughs> Uh, I am going to go with, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Filtertron in the bridge. <laughs> you thought about it. I did. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really tossing because here's yeah. the thing. Realistically, I know I, I tend to play more bridge and I think a Filtertron in a bridge, I mean, it's really kind of a, a Cabernita that uh, we just made that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It is good, different. different. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'll uh, I probably end up doing that. But nice. um. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Great. Super. So that was our. Would you rather? And right whoa, 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 now, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah. What? What do you think Tony would do? Oh, Tony would take three lipsticks, <laughs> hands down. You really think so? Oh yeah, thousand percent. By the way, we miss you, Tony. Tony, we do. We miss you, buddy. Oh, Tony. Yeah, yeah. he's he's uh, he's had a few things going on and wasn't able to make it, but he uh, he misses. He was really sad that he wasn't getting able to be here to uh, talk with you, Robert. Um, It'll be the next time. It, that's that's right, right. That's right. You guys would have a blast because Tony knows more about guitar stuff than uh, us it, put together. It's, it's crazy. Well, yeah. Yeah, him and I, which, I got, is, which isn't a whole lot between us put together. So, <laughs> <laughs> I got I got questions for Tony then. Good. <laughs> hey, uh, what I'd like to do is give away one of our compressor pluses. The compressor plus is oh. essentially the old four knob. Yeah, and uh, what's cool about I, I've got a couple in my office. I've got uh, one in my office that was one of the very first ones built on our new uh, surface mount production line. And so I'd like to give one to your to your audience. That your is amazing. I yeah. love it. Cool. Let's do it. Cool. So, so let's. Uh, I, I smell an Instagram contest coming up. Yep. That'd be I perfect. do. I do. Do you guys like to do first one to answer? Do you guys like to do first? Well, we one do. To, well, we do. We do random so that it's uh, nice. It's fair for everybody. So um, I love it. Much like uh, a couple of the other ones that we've done. Um, I will I will make sure to post instructions on Instagram and essentially everybody just has to follow a couple directions and then we do a randomizer and some lucky person is going to get the famed compressor plus uh from hey, Robert Keeley. Do me a favor. Let's um I'm paying the shipping on this, so let's let's make sure it's open worldwide. And if they give a awesome. t shirt size I'll even send a t-shirt too. Worldwide t-shirt plus pedal. I love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. This is, I, I'm just so excited about this. <laughs> I, I'm just getting oh, all no. stickers. We're going yeah. to get ourselves in trouble here. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, okay. So everybody make sure you're uh, checking out Instagram uh, for this deal. 
Uh, it'll be coming up. You'll just see a post, which means you have to start paying attention on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And most people are, which is great. I'm thrilled that you're doing this. It means a lot to me. It means a lot Thanks. to our audience. Thanks, um, I, great, I love great, being great. able to give back to those that are, that are feeding our own community. Um, so thank you so much for your generosity there. No problem. Uh, speaking of generosity, I'm going to do Tony's deal here. This is his favorite thing to do. And this is where we thank our patrons uh, at our executive producer level. And we also want to thank the all, every, all the other levels um, because every single level counts and every single person that's contributing greatly helps out our podcast. So we can't thank you enough. But to our executive producers, we want to make sure that those who are thinking about this get an idea of what you can do, what you're getting. You're going to get a T-shirt, a bear, a barefoot button, a whole bunch of stickers, and what else do you get, Jared? Well, you get your name written red on the red on the thing. Sorry, guys, I was actually getting on our <laughs> yeah. uh, podcast group right now. Fantastic <laughs> Facebook, so I yeah. wasn't paying attention, yes. but. <laughs> But anyway, you do get to have your name right on the thing. That's right. So we're going to do that really quick. And first and foremost, we want to, again, thank you to Corey Nigro for uh, for sponsoring this particular episode. Uh, this episode is dedicated to him. Thank you, Corey. Hey, hey, I want I want Corey to um, send me an email. I want to I want to meet this guy. Hey, Corey, <laughs> you hear it. Send him an I- email. Because I, I got I got some into some woodworking and I started to make stuff from trees in my yard and stuff like that. So I just can't wait to talk to him about his, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll leech an idea or two off of him. That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, he's probably going through the roof right now. So the other people we're going to thank real quick are Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, David Wolfson, Matt Brammer, Carlos Mancha, Pete Marshall, Robin Smith, John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean. Yes. Chris Kearney, John Anglin, Robert Marfleet, Darren Gregory, Gary Goodman, and Beckett. Woohoo! Zach J. Wright, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Brad Partridge, Doug Gann, and Ken Sayers. Thank you. People. Man, that's a crew. It, it is great, and, and we're just so thankful. If you're interested in helping to support our show, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. And you'll see all the good stuff there. Uh, Robert, where can people find you? Fortunately, they can find us at Sweetwater. They can find us at all kinds of guitar stores, Rip City, Anderton's UK, all all over the world. But uh, our website is um, just robertkeeley.com. Or you can go to rkfx.com. And and on Instagram? Shoot, I'm too old to know what our Instagram is. Well, they can just find it's actually Keely Electronics. I I know that. Thank you. Oh my God. My guys are going to be, they're going to be so mad at me. They're Uh, like, we knew you didn't check it. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, Tony, who's not here, you guys, if you, if anybody wants a really killer pickup, uh, uh, pick guard, pickups are coming up. But if you want a killer pick guard made out of just about any kind of material you can think of, You've seen a lot of the ones that I've posted. He's the best, man. He does a fantastic guy. job. That's awesome. And he's a sweet man. Yes, okay. he is. And that he's at PickGuardian1 on Instagram, or just go to PickGuardian.com. That's right. Jared. Uh, if you I, guys need uh, any pickups, new pickups, old-looking pickups, or whatever, I mean, I do the T-top thing. Nobody else really does that. Um, find me at oh. BrandonWoundPickups.com. 
Uh, and I am on Instagram, uh, Brandon Wound. And I'm always posting, you know, pictures of my machinery and my shop and all sorts of goodies, nice. stuff like that. So um, would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. If you want to reach me, you can hit me at Todd at theguitarnobs.com. Robert, thank you so much for joining us on the show. You guys are awesome. It was a fun, fun evening. Good, thank good. You. We are happy to have you. And I look forward to our next encounter. We'll see you at, at Winter Nam for sure. Nice. Um, but we'll for sure get you back on because it was a, it was great talking with you. So yeah. good. everybody good have deal. a great guitar week and subscribe. Beer. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> There's two things I hate talking about. Me and pedals. <laughs> no, just joking. <laughs> Metal oxide semiconducting field effect transistor. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the guitar for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time